What is up, everybody? Welcome in for episode 209 of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with Randy Hall, as always. Randy, how you doing? Doing good, man. You know, didn't have to work today. Uh, So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Corona affected my life hard, yeah. Yeah, working in sports is definitely... uh, it's not a good time for our, our field right now. Um, I know all of my sports down here in North Carolina have been postponed for at least two weeks. Um, so we're running a soccer program that got postponed. Uh, Randy, I know your tournament got canceled this weekend. Yeah, official verbiage not canceled. But uh, yes. Postponed. But there's, but there's no teams. That That's the official verbiage. Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you click subscribe, follow us, follow us on socials at the cut FFL. We just fired off a tweet. Uh, we'll be talking about here in a second. I am sure. Um, and we're still looking for those five stars as always. Uh, they do really help out. Uh, today we're going to be giving a coronavirus update. I know the sports world has been pretty shocked uh, with, with what is going on in the world. Uh, so we're just going to talk about that for a second and the impact that it might have on the NFL offseason. And then we're also going to do a defense wins championship segment. That's going to be our top five uh, guys in this draft at each defensive position. We haven't really talked too much defense because obviously we started as a, a fantasy football podcast and we focused on fantasy quite a bit, but we're going to dive into to all your defensive players today. Hey, de- defenses in fantasy too. Whether Sometimes. whether you, if you don't do IDP or not, I mean, true. Listen, man, you got you got to have that DST. I mean, very true, very <laughs> true. Um, and some of the guys we talk about will definitely impact how highly some of these defenses are getting drafted. I know. No one really likes to draft <laughs> defenses. <but laughs> yes. Now it could uh, be the 14th draft instead of the 15th. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, I mentioned the coronavirus and how it's impacting our lives. We just fired off a tweet. Um, there is a report out there that the NFL is planning to postpone the NFL draft until late May. Um, it's coming out of Chicago, the report. It's, it's allegedly right now. Um, it's yeah. been refuted already by a couple different sources. But it brought up the discussion or the topic of discussion. Is the NFL draft going to be impacted by the coronavirus? Uh, I think there's a chance. And uh, shout out to (laughs) my boss, Mike, if he's actually listening, who is going to the draft. Uh, Oh, sorry. Big (laughs) sorry. I'm under the impression that the draft will go on as stated already at the current date. Everything. The only thing is, it may just, there may be no fans. And that's kind of the, the worry uh, from a kind of spectator standpoint. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to be anything like a, I did see a tweet this week, kind of like it's going to be like a, a fantasy mock draft where people are, people are <laughs> fluting every pick in a drink yeah. and a message board. But that's not going to be, it. I mean, I think worst case it'll be Goodell not hugging players. But everyone coming up to the stage one by one, only players and their family allowed in the green room. That's roughly about 100 people as it is right there. 
Um, so I think that's within the parameters. It's just the whole fan engagement part that's going to be a chance to shut down. But it's also so many weeks away that's past the 30 days where we're in kind of the, the swing zone where you're allowed to do things at this point. And <laughs> I don't think, I know pretty soon here, I know we record really late, so in about an hour or so, <laughs> the CBA is supposed to be finalized, voted on. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's actually going through or not, but um, maybe that impacts it. Maybe that sends it up the ladder a quick bit. Uh, I don't know, but I, it, as of now, I say the draft goes on as planned. There just could be some restrictions. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely in a state of uncertainty right now. Obviously, we have never seen something like this in our lives, um, and I would go as far to say no one living has seen something like this. Uh, where I mean, schools are getting shut down. Um, you've get, everything's getting shut down. They're limiting travel. For example, my my job just said you can't travel out of the county for any work related events, and. Uh, don't know what that means for me. I live outside the county, so am I not allowed <laughs> to travel in for work? But apparently, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but I, we're just in a, a big state of uncertainty, and I hope that it doesn't impact the NFL draft. Like you said, it is quite a ways away. Um, things like like movies are getting pushed back, but the movies that are at the early part of May. Uh, for example, Black Widow, big Marvel guy here. Black Black Widow hasn't been pushed back just yet. And I think that things like that, decisions like that, are going to have to wait for a couple weeks to see how the spread of this virus continues or hopefully stops. I Yeah, I assume stops. <laughs> yeah. But yeah I, yeah, I agree here. I just don't. I mean, I know you're like a three-week done, basically, your job. Mm-hmm. My job, we didn't really have a ton going on tournament wise, but we're done till March, uh, uh, through March. I should, I guess, I should say. Yeah. And I mean, even talk of doing stuff from home, it's, I mean, it's getting ridiculous to this extent. But I also appreciate that it's going to this extent, so we don't have to deal with it past March. Yeah, yeah, and and I hope things get cleared up a little bit. So number one, I want the NBA season to resume. I think LeBron was going for his fourth title and it's just kind of, it might've been swept out from under his feet. And I'm a big LeBron stand here and Randy's a Lakers fan. So (laughs) in in Cavs, don't come at me people. please. Uh, I I have alternative reasons that I never talked about on air, but I have a lot of (laughs) reasons for a lot of things. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) But but yeah, I, I definitely think that um, the 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 ceasing of this virus would help a lot of things, especially in the sports world. We have no sports right now. the The thing we're looking forward to most is the start of the new NFL league year, and they're talking potentially pushing that back. Though most reports are saying it's they're planning on doing it as scheduled. There's a lot of concern because of the physicals and the travel required, but. Um, I, I hope that we're getting the, the Schefter bombs early next week. <laughs> yeah, I think worst case, we'll get the Schefter bombs with uh, pending physical pending, attempts to everything, right. <laughs> right. where the physicals don't happen till April type deal. Uh, but, uh, like, it's, I we talk through video. We don't live to, near each other at all. I'd right. say you can have a free agent interview with anyone, anywhere, at any time. <laughs> That's I mean, very true. On. That's very true. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's we're we're definitely 
gifted the ability of of technology and and that's gonna help i think make this nfl league year start on time um enough talk about this shitty virus uh, let's move into our defense wins championships portion of the show we're gonna start with the edge position partly because one of the best guys in this draft is no, obviously no. an edra no no one no. of one of the best. Stop. <laughs> the one best. Of. Number one overall prospect. Hey, well, to each their own, dude. There's All not right. to each their own. You, <laughs> you stop with your travesty going on, and you admit that Chase Young is the top overall prospect, a guy that is farther off than Nick Bosa was last year at this exact point. Maybe yep. that's because of injury, but who cares? I'm not. But that, that's not what I'm going for here. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I to ease their own man, but Chase Young is still my get your, number one get edge your rusher. Get your <laughs> Simmons ass out of here. <laughs> hey, so we'll tired. talk about him later. <laughs> I'm so tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chase Young is the consensus number one overall prospect. Um, I think he is the safest player in this draft. I think that he, when you watch his tape, you really can't find a weakness other than um, just refining some of his skills and. He's one of the most NFL-ready prospects in this draft, if not the most NFL-ready. I would argue that Joe Burrow is is right up there with him in that aspect, but Chase yeah. Young is a can't-miss prospect. I will agree with you yeah. there. I, I'd say Akuda's in that same breath as well, but yeah. uh, I Chase Young is incredible. I just said he was above Ch- Nick Bosa at this point last year, which I 100% agree with. Bosa was still recovering from injury. I think Young just in pure talent is just further ahead at this point. But I think Bosa had a little bit more nuance to his game already. And that's what young has to kind of get through, but it's not like he's not going to learn that. And I know you're a huge proponent and I, I personally called your mock draft this week. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I know you, Probably. I know you really want Isaiah Simmons to go too, because, because the Redskins already have defensive line players. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> this guy is Ron Rivera's new Julius Peppers tool for the next 10 years. This guy is a stud. He's the best player in this draft. Easy top edge. Not even a question. I know that wasn't your concern there. I'm just saying that he is outstanding. Will be the second pick in the draft if the Redskins pick there. Let me give you another scenario. Oh, God. The Redskins go get there. Jabril Peppers. Except better with Isaiah Simmons. I can't it's even. I, it's yeah, I have to laugh yeah. about that. Um, I could definitely see the Redskins taking Chase Young at number two overall. Um, our number two edge rusher consensus is Caleb on Chase on. Um, I, I don't think that this was the case throughout this entire process. I'm almost positive both of us had AJ Epinesa ahead of Chase on, but in analyzing his tape, and not being box score uh, uh, scouters, um, yeah. we found that Chason has a lot of good tools that are going to translate well in the NFL. He may not have had the stats this year, um, but if you're a box scout, box score scouter, um, then you don't like Chason. We both like Chason. Randy, tell me why you like him. It's just, I mean. I think Epinesa is actually a really great talent, uh, but Jason's more versatile. 
I, I think they have about the same talent level. And if you're telling me there's a guy that can play in pretty much any scheme and chase on, I'm going to put him over Epinesa. And then we go, and here's the other thing chase on didn't participate in the combine and Epinesa shouldn't have participated in the combine <laughs> because he just didn't have a great day. And it's just dropping him down forwards. I've seen plenty of mock drafts of him now in the second round. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but I do agree that he's kind of almost pigeonholed to an extent to his exact scheme fit, which is a 4-3 edge uh, that wins with effort and power and can be a tremendous run stopper as well as a pass rusher. But still, Chase on is an incredible edge threat in any scheme, and that's just going to put him second to me. That's just, yeah. there's, no, there's no question anymore. I, I do think that Chase on there is a little more risk with him than, for example, Chase Young, because I think a, a floor of, of Caleb on Chase on is probably Barkevius Mingo. And being Browns fans, we had that firsthand experience of Barkevius Mingo was a highly drafted uh, pick that just did from not LSU. pan out. Yeah, from LSU. It's I know I don't want to scout the helmet, but I do kind of – think that that is his floor but his ceiling is way above any of these other guys that we're talking about next i think um and for that he's going to be the second edge that comes off the board yeah and i think mingo also kind of went into a bad scheme with the browns to be honest with you whereas mm-hmm. i think chase on can be more of that four three edge than mingo ever could uh i'm not sure I'm not in love with obviously his pass coverage because he's not asked to do that as a lot. Um, yeah. But I, I still think he has some tools there, and obviously with coaching, he's going to get better at that. But if he can get into a three-four scheme or a scheme that already has some guy on the edge already, so he's he's allowed to be more versatile and just come off with everything he's got. I I just love his potential. Yeah. Yep, um, our number three edge rusher, we've already talked about him just a tad, A.J. Epinesa. I want to put out a disclaimer. I marked him as a, a defensive tackle in my last mock draft. I kind of think that he's a three-tech, personally. Um, I, I think he's similar. So we talked about the Redskins. I think he's similar to Ioannidis and uh, Jonathan Allen in that um, he can be effective out of a, a three tech, three four scheme, um, but I don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to hold his own against strictly left and right tackles. I do have some concerns with AJ Epinesa now, but I'm not going to overreact to the combine um, because you always yell at me when I do, and I appreciate yes, it. Uh, I appreciate it because. Obviously, you see the combine, you see AJ Epinesa's testing, and that's why he's being seen in in second rounds of mock drafts. See, so. yeah, and I don't agree with that because I I think he's got the same player fit scheme as like Trey Flowers with Detroit, uh, where he's just a fantastic edge, always sets the edge, will get to the quarterback, has great hand work, just not great bend. I mean, that's literally what it is, and he doesn't have fantastic speed, obviously as well. But he's a workhorse, and in a 4-3 scheme, I think he's incredible. I don't think he's got any pass coverage to him, uh, just personally. I just don't think that's his athletic trait. I understand what you're saying, maybe in kind of like that hacker scheme, where it's more of a nickel, where he's like an edge, but there's a guy outside of him. Maybe that works. 
But I, I think he's going to be a perfect fit for a four three scheme team or a team that knows how to work with him. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. His production is off the charts, and I value production, which is why he's staying where he is. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to move him out of my third edge spot. No. But I also don't think that he's going to be able to overtake Chase on um, at all between just, now and the draft. Yeah, it's just a versatility concern. He's not big enough to be a true three tech. That's what I was trying to get at. He's right. Yeah, I mean, right. But I do like him. All right, now we have a little bit of a lack of consensus here. Um, we'll talk about my guy first. Um, it is Josh Uche. I was put onto this guy a little late. Um, I know he popped at the Senior Bowl, and that's kind of when I started watching some of his tape. I think that he is actually very similar to Chason in that he's got a lot of good traits, um, and he doesn't necessarily have the production to match that. Um, he's got really good bend coming off the edge. I think realistically he could be like a three, four outside linebacker and be just as effective because I think he has the athleticism to keep up in coverage. Obviously that's going to take a little bit of, of coaching uh, because he, he is traditionally an edge rusher. I know Uche is not on your list, Randy, I think he's just off the list. Though, yeah, right? he was he was tied with my fifth. I I kind of put the other guy on the list instead to get some variety in here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um I, I like Uche a lot, to be honest with you. I I don't agree with first round hype is my only thing. And that's kind of why I kept him off this. He's a pure second round talent to me, and I think he's gonna be a stud. Uh I also think he's versatile. Like Chase, and I think he can play in every scheme. To be honest with you, but I think three four is where his best fit is, and it's it's a good motor motor player uh, kind of. We talked with uh, John Vogel with this that he was kind of used not in the right aspect at Michigan, and I think the right choice will get him into a really good productive future in the long haul. Yeah. I, I yeah. really do like him. That's <laughs> just because he's not on my list doesn't mean I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think that he um is gonna be effective in a lot of different ways. I don't think he's the best um guy if you're looking for a run support type of, of D end. Um I think that he's gonna be best just toss him out there, let him get to the quarterback. And realistically that's what most teams are gonna want in their edge rushers. Uh, Randy, who is your number four edge? My four is Etier Gross Matos, and I absolutely love this guy. And apparently, the NFL teams do too. And it's all from all the combine interviews. But he is just a very versatile guy. Kind of has the kitchen sink when it comes to his toolbox and pass rushing, and that's why I put him this high. I just think. I think he's kind of more of a 3-4 edge outside linebacker type, uh, but he has rushed from the interior and been effective at it. He uses his length very well. Um, I think he's going to be kind of the Carlos Dunlap type guy, and I think that's going to be very effective in this league, and I think he's going to be a first-round pick. Yep, I do not agree with you whatsoever. <laughs> um, and he's I'm, I'm the first-round pick or everything, because so I, I'll, he'll, I'll fight he'll you probably. Here. <laughs> It'll probably be a first-round pick. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that a team's going to be happy with that. I have a third-round grade on on Gross Matos. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So Gross. I think I I might be one of the only ones that has that. I personally I do like his traits, but he seems like the prime candidate to bust in the NFL. He's got those traits, but he like w- what did he do? And I know that that doesn't always matter. Look at Chase on, look at Uche, but Gross Matos personally to me, I think he's kind of slow. I think his moves are good. I think that he does have some good ways to get to quarterbacks, but I don't like how powerful he is. I don't, I don't think he's very powerful at all. Um, I just think that he's going to struggle pretty mightily. And if he goes in the first round, I think that's when a team is going to be disappointed. If he falls, like I think he should, I think that you're going to get a decent player, probably six to eight sacks eventually, not right off the bat. Like, I don't think Gross Matos can play in 2020, personally. I am completely against you here, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy that has tremendous length, obviously, wins his first contact a lot, plays with a high motor, in my opinion, and he eats up with that first step in that first movie he has. And I, that's just super effective in any scheme and any fit. I just assume I'm going to assume he gets drafted in the right situation. I'm not going to say that he's going to be perfect in any situation here, but I think he's going to have an impact off the bat, to be honest with you. And I think a team maybe like the Bills at the end of the first is going to be able to eat him up because I don't expect Chase on or Epinesa necessarily to get there. Epinesa, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure if they view him as a better fit for them. Uh, but I, I really do like his motor most of all, honestly. And I mean, I, why are we going to production? I believe he had like his last two years. I think he had a hundred tackles, about twenty sacks. I mean, that's pretty good, especially yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I, mean, I guess, and, I guess. And, it's a, and it's a guy that moved from end to D tackle with fluidity throughout the whole process. He never had a true spot. Because they used him everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, like I said, I just think that he's a little bit overhyped. But I can also acknowledge that his interviews were outstanding. That's all I've heard is that he um, absolutely impressed at the Combine. And that impacts where someone gets drafted. I think he could be a first-round draft pick. But again, I, I don't think that he's going to be very good in 2020. Um, my number five edge rusher rounding out my list is Jonathan Greenard out of Florida. Um, I think that he is vastly underrated. I don't know why this guy isn't getting the second round hype that I think he should. I've seen him going as late as the third and fourth round. I don't know if maybe I just suck at scouting edges. Randy, you might argue that based on my last comment about gross <laughs> uh, But I think Greenard has all the tools to be successful right off the bat. I think he has really good bend. I think he's extremely powerful. And honestly, between him and Zuniga, like I, I know we, I feel like we've talked about Zuniga on here. If not, he was drafted in our, our Twitter draft. Um, I think they both have different ways of winning. And I think uh, Greenard is, is a versatile type of guy. I think um, he won't need to be taken off the field on rundowns like some guys might. And and for that, I think he's going to be valued a little bit higher. I can agree with that. I don't have him, good Lord, anywhere near this. Uh, 
But I mean, maybe this is our uh, one difference. Uh, I like Matos, and you don't. You don't, and yeah. I don't like Greenyard. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. I like what. It's not that I don't like him though. I, I like what he brings to the game. I think he has a shot to be a second round pick. But I also think if we're getting medicals from certain guys like Lewis, that he's going to be ahead of him. I mean, and that's. Fair. I I don't have him. I think I have him in the top ten, I believe, but I don't have him at five. So that's the thing. I, I think I had him like nine or ten, and I yeah, it's that's, just that's fair, man. I've seen I've seen Lewis here. I do like Lewis. I think uh, between Aquara and Lewis, I think they were next on my list. Uh, but for whatever reason, whatever games I watched of Greenard, I think I watched three. Um, I was just super that's impressed it. with him. I was gonna say that's our that's our general rule before we scout, Christian. Thank you. It's- <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I watched I think I watched just three, but um, I've, I I was really impressed with him. I can I can see like I I don't think he's gonna be drafted in the first round, but I think it would be a travesty if he doesn't get drafted in the second. Whereas I think probably- he's a day two pick. I'll say that for sure. I'll guarantee yeah. that. You know what I mean? I, yeah. But there's a lot of teams that are going to be eating up on receivers, eating up corners, eating up linemen completely, obviously, and eating up running backs to an extent. And I just don't know if he fits in there. It's going to be close. Yeah. And and that might put him in a better situation. He could be a chief. And I think that's a great fit, to be honest with you, and especially at the end. Um, But it's just it's just out of my price range to an extent to put him at five. Well, I yeah. understand it too because I do agree that I don't think he needs to come off the field, so I'm not going to hate it. Yeah, for sure. Who's and your that, five? And and you already spoke to my five of Julian Aquara, and I just really, really love this guy's burst and bend. It is yeah. crazy. I do think he has kind of a a low floor to an extent. Uh, we actually already talked about it and Barkevius Mingo. I think that's kind of his floor. Um where he's kind of a 3-4 outside linebacker, almost in a lock. I, I do think he has some ability to beat a 4-3 end, but it's not great, to be honest with you, at this point. And he does have some pad-level functional strength issues, but my God, he's got a great rip move, a great cross drop as well, and that bend is crazy. He has so much functional speed off that edge. It is insane. It yeah. is up there with the best in this class, and that's why I had to put him up. I had I before we started, I had a slash with him and Uche, <laughs> and it was close. I I did put a quarter here for more uh, versat- versatility in our rankings here, but I do think he's just a little bit ahead just because of that initial burst in Ben trait. Yeah, yeah, and I don't disagree at all. I really like Aquara. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about him being too small. And I don't understand that. He's 6'4", 250, yeah, number one. <laughs> and when I watched him, he looked like a thick boy out there. He looked, like he, was boy. A, he looked like he was a little overweight playing in 2019 at the very least. So uh, I don't really understand that concern. I can understand injury concern. I know he's had uh, a few of those, and that's why he wasn't at the combine, correct? He's, he's yeah. currently injured. Um, yes. So I think he's he, a guy. He he re-injured slash tweaked something. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that he could fall, but <laughs> I mean, his he I I personally think that if you take him early second, 
a team's going to be happy. I, I agree with you with everything you said about him. Um, all right, let's move into D-tackle, interior defensive line, guys. We have a discrepancy here at the top. I think I'm the only one in the entire world that thinks that Javon Kinlaw is better than Derek Brown. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, first, if you haven't, if you don't watch film, um, you should for for the first point I want to make. But second, pull up Javon Kinlaw versus the Alabama offensive line, and then immediately after, pull up Derek Brown versus the Alabama offensive line, and tell me who won, and tell me who was better in that scenario. I'm not going to base my entire ranking system off of one game, obviously, for each player. However, Kinlaw is so raw, and he still has the level of production, at least similar to Derrick Brown. Um, Derrick Brown also had Marlon Davidson basically right next to him the whole season, and he, I think he benefited from that. Kinlaw, meanwhile, does not really have good technique whatsoever. He just bull rushes. He kind of puts his head down. His hand placement sucks. I'll, I'll give you that, Randy. Yeah. But those are teachable things. Kinlaw and Brown, and I've spoken on this before, it's like Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver had the better year last year. Ed Oliver also had some... Some some other concerns not related to on the field, if I do recall. But Kinlaw is so raw. I think he knew that he didn't need to work out at the combine because I think he expects to be a top fifteen pick. Um, and don't get me wrong, Derek Brown's probably getting drafted before Javon Kinlaw. But there's no there's no probably. No, there's there's still probably, <laughs> dude. From what I'm hearing, teams are loving Javon Kinlaw. That's okay. In- That's incredible. They should. <laughs> they really, really should, bud. But Derek Brown is just better. I'm not, I almost said so much better, but that's not true. <laughs> Derek Brown is just better. There's no question. I do think Kinlaw has shown a better aptitude at pass rushing off the bat. I'll say that. I think Kinlaw has a better change of direction. I'll yes. say that as well. But Derek Brown... If you're not checking those two things, we're checking every other 20 other traits we're looking at, and Derek Brown wins. It's not even a question. But it's not even a question. His hand placement is perfect. His strength is. is so functionally amazing that it's it's crazy. He has great speed at the ball. He has great pass rush moves, but not great aptitude. I, I said that already. He he's I mean, he he's a basically a black hole in the middle of the defense. It's crazy. And you're and you're coming in. With he had another D lineman in the SEC that was okay, good as well. Okay, thanks, Christian. Guess what? He's going to the fucking NFL. Guess what he has around him? Good I, fucking player. What the hell I, is that argument? I understand <laughs> that. Um, I do understand that. However, um, let me let me pose this question to you. So you you basically stated that Javon Kinlaw is the better pass rusher right now, right? I said he had a better aptitude, and that's because Derek Brown has not been pushed in a second of his life to do anything because he's he is straight better, bigger, stronger, faster than everyone that's been put in front of him. Right. He has not been pushed to a limit, but and I think and he's going to be pushed to that limit right away in the NFL. Yes, but I also think that he's going to struggle in that aspect because he's never had that. 
<laughs> but <laughs> you're saying he's going to struggle to be pushed. But it doesn't yes. matter because he doesn't struggle to push other fucking human beings. <laughs> he's going I, to be great. Yes, I. I he is an all pro D tackle day one on the field. I can't. I I will not that. say Javon Kinlaw is not though. I yeah. I love Kinlaw, but I'm not gonna accept Brown being a below. And that's fine. It's your ranking. It's whatever. I it's, have it the other way for an obvious reason. So I will say it's close. Um, the thing that separates them almost, almost the only thing that separates them actually is pass rush. I think Javon Kinlaw is Aaron Donald, whereas Derek Brown might just be a guy that sits in the middle and eats up the running game, which that's fine. Like that's still a valuable piece to the defense. But in today's NFL, who's getting to Pat Mahomes first? Is it Derek Brown or is it Javon Kinlaw? If it's Javon Kinlaw, which it is, I'm taking Kinlaw first. Yeah. I mean, I agree because Javon Kinlaw will be single teamed. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And I, I don't think that's a single trait that separates them because I do think Derek Brown has the ability to be a decent pass rusher at, at worst. I I, stri- I strictly think it's changed the direction. And we saw that at the combine, Derek Brown and certain drills didn't do amazing. And yeah. it's because of the change of direction. And I do think he can obviously work on that. And there's uh, way better coaches and analysts in the NFL than we'll ever be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I just think there's no chance in any kind of hell that Derek Brown is the second D tackle taken. I would put a friendly wager on it, but I don't, yeah. I don't think I want to. I don't. Yeah. 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 Back down from that totem pole real <laughs> yeah. quick there, bud. I will say in my last mock, I put Kinlaw over Brown and then Brown slipped all the way to 25, to 25. I and felt then, like it was out of my control, man. Like, I don't I, know how it happened. I straight had to go back. I got to 19 and had to keep scrolling up and triple checking to make sure that you just didn't forget. And then I saw him at 25 and I, yeah, sure, sure. I finished it. I'm your friend. I finished the, finished the mod, whatever. I didn't want to, but I did. Uh, I got I, so much hate for that mock. I get, hate, I get hate for all of my mocks. Normally fact, you're on board with them though. And yeah, that because be- normally there's a, an actual take that I can agree with. I can't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, we talked about our, our top two uh, interior D line guys. Our consensus three and four are actually the same. Yep. And they're two guys that um, are, are getting a variant type of draft grade in, in certain aspects. So number three is Neville Gallimore and number four is Ross Blacklock. Ross Blacklock to Daniel Jeremiah, a former NFL scout, is a first-round pick, basically a lock. He's had him in every single mock uh, that he's put out as a first-round pick, whereas he has Neville Gallimore a little further down. However, when we watch Neville Gallimore, I see a ton of athleticism that Mm -hmm. can definitely translate immediately. And don't get me wrong, Neville Gallimore is probably a second-round grade. I, I think that's what we both have him, but I think he's more fringe first rounder than Ross Blacklock personally. Yeah, agreed. I think that Gallimore, like Ross Blacklock, is almost strictly a three tech that's 
trying to get to the passer. I think he's a little, I don't want to say undersized, but he plays smaller than he is. Whereas Neville Gallimore is a big fucking dude. Like, and I think a big dude that runs as fast as Neville Gallimore does, and he's able to get into the backfield as quick as he is. Um, I, I don't see how you can have Blacklock over Gallimore. I, I agree as well. Gallimore is just super twitchy of a player in that, in what we just talked about before, the change of direction, Gallimore might be the best, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think he kind of needs to uh, improve on his tackling to get more of that uh, black hole effect that I talked about earlier. Uh, yeah. And I, I think a lot of the criticism comes from him being use a ton and twist and slants instead of just straight coming at you. Um, I don't think straight coming at you is a strength necessarily. Uh, I, he was played a lot as a one tech and I'm not sure that that's his perfect role as a straight nose guard. Uh, I think he should be a kind of a gap or more to it too. Uh, but he is so, he's just incredible. That speed and versatility is just great. And him getting through the gap is almost a, foregone conclusion you're you're trying to root as an offensive lineman as a center you're snapping the ball and then trying to root him down the line instead of trying to get through him to the next level yeah because he's already by you i mean it's just it's a it's a foregone conclusion and that's why he's on that fringe first and if we're talking a team that really needs to tackle at the end of the first i can easily see him in there yeah. Yeah, I could actually see if the Chiefs decide to stay where they are and they tag and trade Chris Jones, mm-hmm. I think he's a pretty damn good replacement. Um yeah. but I also think the Chiefs have some other needs that could be addressed there. But, but that's probably but, one of their biggest ones. Exactly. I agree. But then we're talking are do they value an interior lineman right there? Do are all the corners that they really value in the first round gone, which I think is a very strong possibility. Yeah. And I don't think there's any chance that linebackers that they truly value in the first rounds there. So, I mean, how is Gallimore not your top of the board? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not drafting a receiver. Not, not in the first, not in the first round. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, if you put a mock with the Chiefs drafts a running back in the first. There's a lot of fans that are not happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that's just not their MO, man. They don't value running backs. Like they I I think they felt like Kareem Hunt was a a reach in the 3rd round and look what he turned out to be for them. Um obviously, nice. if you take away his off the field issues, he's a pro bowl running back. So we, we, we love Kareem. We We, we love we, Kareem here. We do. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to take a running back. Um, let's talk on in Ross first, Black. In the first round. In the first round, yeah. They'll definitely take a running back if they're smart um, because Damian Williams ain't it, Sean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Ross Blacklock for a second because I feel like we kind of uh, undersold him there. But I think Neville Gallimore is better I still think Ross Blacklock is a very, very good interior D-line prospect. I think he's not as strong as any of these top guys. I think that he might struggle in that aspect. Um, the, the change from from TCU to the NFL is going to be 
probably a little tougher uh, for for Blacklock than it would be someone who was in the SEC or was in the Big Ten. Um, but I think that Blacklock does have some some crazy explosion. I think he can get past a lot of NFL guys right now. And for that, like I could see all four of these guys that we've talked about being first round picks in some way if there's no run on positions, which there always is a run on a position. So exactly. Blacklock's probably a second rounder, and that's probably where he should be. Yeah, and he's got a fantastic motor, honestly. And the key word that's always thrown on for him is juice, and he's got all of it. Yep. <laughs> he's got a full cup. 24-7. <laughs> it is insane. But he really struggles in processing. Um, he has good handwork getting into the offensive line move, but not tremendous moves past that. Footwork's good. I, I really do like him. I'm not going to undersell him. I just don't like I just don't like his processing at all. And he's got good physical tools, got everything, but he's also a four-point stance or nothing, and he's got a transition to three. And it is a completely different game. It sounds kind of silly if you're not into that trench life, but uh, it is a completely different game. And and there's always the, he's got red flags in comparison to all these guys. He has an Achilles injury. He has other injuries last year. Uh, Achilles was 2018, but still. uh, Yeah. But it's still, there's, there's red flags where the other guys don't. So that's why I just think he's a clear second round that shouldn't be in the first round consideration. But that doesn't mean he can't be a stud. Yep, I tend to agree. My number five interior defensive line prospect is James Lynch. Uh, I know that's a little controversial. James Lynch is not highly regarded as a prospect. Um, among the, the draft moguls, I think he is a little... Uh, I think he's valued a little bit more, uh, but he's not valued the way I value him. Um, James Lynch to me is really intriguing. I don't think he's a very athletic guy, but then he went to the combine and he kind of showed out. I think he showed that he doesn't have the bend that is kind of necessary to be a, a three down type of interior defensive lineman. But I think James Lynch is the perfect fit for like a three tech type of role. Um, he obviously played edge most of the time at Baylor. He's not an edge rusher. There's been that debate with Epinesa, if he's an edge or if he's a three tech, um, I think that's more clear that that James Lynch is not going to be an edge in the NFL. And if he does play a little bit of edge, I don't think it's going to be a full time edge role for him. Uh, Randy, have you watched a lot of tape on James Lynch yet? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I do truly like his uh, versatility in this D tackle package. Um, it's strange because I don't necessarily know where to place Marlon Davidson because I think he would be on this list at four or five to me. Um, I would agree with that. And and I don't obviously we don't have him on the edge list because I don't truly view him as an edge. Um, so I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. I think he's a fantastic player that does deserve first round consideration, but I just don't truly know where he's going to be. Uh, I spoke to you this week actually and said that. Yep these NFL teams are going to either see him as a three, four edge or see him as a D tackle. And they're either going to bulk him up or slim him down. And I, I do view him more as a D tackle to me. So I did want to give him a quick shout out here, but 
I do think James Lynch has that versatility as well. And I think that's why he's such a fantastic third rounder to me. And I, I would love him for a team like the Browns per se. I mean, like that is a fantastic fit where they need kind of rotational help at both spots. And I think he's perfect fit. Uh, He has a very high motor in a system and a defensive scheme that really didn't shine his talent. Yeah. It is kind of, you have to kind of all 22 tapes better for him than just tape. And I think that's kind of a big problem in the scouting community for him, but I, I don't have him at five. I think he's kind of in this five to eight range for me, Uh, but he's, he's a fantastic talent. Who do you have at five? Oh God. Um, so I have a guy here that I actually truly value and I'm going to try not to butcher his name, but Justin Matabuke. And I like that. I think that's how you pronounce it. I do think it, I just don't want to, it's disrespectful to me to butcher the name, to be honest with you. Uh, but he, he's a guy that I, I just love the explosiveness he brings to the tape and he's kind of a, a relentless worker on the field. And that's kind of something I truly value. And it's maybe something I've uh, valued more uh, watching Max Crosby for the Raiders. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's a pure D tackle hundred percent. He is a violent tackler. That is my favorite word to describe him. He's violent. just, he is coming for everyone shows great flexibility. Kind of the same as James Lynch. Um, he just has great explosive stance. He's dynamic. there. Uh, good hip uh, bend and hinge there. Um, he's got pretty good pass counters, but really goes to the rip more than anything. Uh, that first step quickness, though, is just it's killer. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. And that and that versatility allows him to be a good change of direction guy. And I just I'm not sure he's a three down guy is kind of my problem with him. Yeah. But I can see him playing. He's not taken out is what I see him as. Uh, where he's always going to be on the field, uh, but certain situations maybe he comes out, and that's why I just have him this high. He's a big body guy. His main takeaway is he just isn't. He's not length. He's got no length to him, <laughs> and yeah. that that makes him not really able to uh, feed the blockers to him with that two gap technique kind of thing. And it his hands are quick and powerful, but. They just don't always get on with those lengthy guys. I mean, I, I wouldn't want him against Mecky Becton yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I have him at six. So okay. I'm not too far off. Um, he's he's a little <laughs> – the the difference between James Lynch and him is a little bit higher than even I realized until I just pulled it up. But um, I do really like him. I think he's a second-round type of guy. But – like we've talked about the runs on different positions, especially wide receiver this year might push some of these guys to the third round. And then you're really getting value for these guys and you're going to be much happier. Um, Before we get into our linebackers, corners and safeties, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Randy, are you tired of a, a lack of substance in your sports content? Actually. Yeah. Are you sick of waiting for ads to play before watching a short highlight video? Yeah, that's literally the worst thing in sports. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let me tell you about our episode sponsor, The Athletic. 
I was just reading Zach Jackson's piece on the Browns offseason, and I can't tell you how much more enjoyable it was than the content over at Bleacher Report. The thing is, The Athletic provides stories with substance, quality, in-depth content that goes beyond the box score. They have exclusive content, smart analysis, advanced analytics, and insightful original content. They've brought huge names over like Ken Rosenthal, our good NBA boy Shams, uh, Jay Glazer, and Bruce Feldman. So wait, you're telling me I can go there and it's not just a bunch of fluff clickbait pieces. That's incredible. That is insane. It's insane, dude. And my favorite part about The Athletic is their commitment to ad-free content. Clutter-free reading with no ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos truly is refreshing. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. You're trying to sell me. How, what, what is, is this going to cost a thousand billion dollars? I mean, let's be real. Where do I go try this miraculous this website? <laughs> you can actually head over to theathletic.com slash the cut for a seven day free trial plus 20% off the annual subscription, which comes out to less than $4 a month. But it's not just for you, Randy. It's for our listeners too. Click the link in our description to get better sports journalism. Major thank you to our episode sponsor, The Athletic. Welcome back. We are going to get into our our last three positions. We're going to start with linebacker. Uh, Randy and I both have consensus here. It's Isaiah Simmons. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have any more nice things to say about Isaiah Simmons because I've said him already. Uh, He's my, I believe still, he might be tied with Chase Young as my number one overall prospect. Um, and I'm not going to let Randy talk on that. Because oh, my God. <laughs> we'll talk forever. Uh, I just love Isaiah Simmons. I am the number one Isaiah Simmons fan club uh, president, a creator, whatever. Uh, Isaiah Simmons fan club runs through me. Uh, so we're just going to skip to number two. Uh, my number two is Kenneth Murray. Randy's number two is also Kenneth Murray. This is flipped a little bit here and there. Um, I, I think I had Patrick Queen above Murray for like a day. And then I said, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. I, I want to just basically since Queen's come out, uh, me and you had Murray easily ahead. We had to catch up on scouting. Yeah. And at this point, it's not a flip. It's we have these guys basically tied. <laughs> and, and the ranking... Two to three is kind of arbitrary to an extent. Uh, it's just the team that picks them. To be honest with you, I think Murray's a, just just a touch touch more versatile and maybe not as heavy inside backer. Um, but it's I mean it's insane how close these guys are in our ranking system. Yeah. So one of the things that I always hear about Patrick Queen is he's a sideline to sideline guy, and that's what makes him the second linebacker. Yeah, I do agree. He's a sideline to sideline guy, but I also think that Kenneth Murray is more sideline to sideline. I, um, I won't say more, but I, I'll agree. Or equal, equal yeah. to at the very Thank least. You. Um, I love Kenneth Murray. I, in my last mock, had him going 12 over a receiver. Randy probably hated that as well. But I do think these linebackers are going to go earlier than people think. Um I can't disagree. I, you, <laughs> I love these two. I love all three of these guys. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons is kind of a different breed. Obviously, but Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. This is the same discussion we had with Devin White and Devin Bush. It's two guys that are clearly studs. 
One maybe drafted a bunch of picks past. One maybe only five. I mean, let's be yeah. real. I I didn't see the Steelers trading up. I can't be shocked if Kenneth Murray goes 12. And I can't be shocked I, if Patrick Queen goes 16. I mean, I'm not going to say shit <laughs> if that <laughs> happens. It makes total sense to me. It. I also see Patrick Queen going to 28. I see Patrick Queen going 20, 24. Right. Any pick. Any pick. <laughs> they fit everywhere. They're incredible talents. Well, I wouldn't be shocked now if the Browns take him at 10. I w- I'll be shocked. About Kenneth Murray. <laughs> I also wouldn't be shocked to see the Jags go after one of these guys with the early pick rather than the later pick that they have in the first round. I would agree with that if there wasn't such a solid chance for Derek Brown or Gross Manos to an extent. Or, or not Simmons. Gross Manos. Chase on, sorry. Yeah. Or Simmons or Okuda to be there. So yeah, or a tackle. Fair. That's the only reason I won't say that. But if one of these guys is a twenty, that's gonna be such a tough discussion in house, depending on what they got earlier between corner and that or offensive line. Yeah. And that I can't it's gonna be crazy to me almost that one of these guys doesn't win that. Yeah. Uh really quick, I know we got like thrashed in our first mock draft for putting a, a tackle to the Jags. And now I see all you Jags fans putting tackles to the Fuck Jags. <laughs> so uh shout out to you guys for, for roasting us for no reason. Um you're, you're, Jags fans, you're gonna draft a receiver. You don't have to <laughs> fucking do it at nine. Get <laughs> three head. Guess what? The Browns need a receiver too. They're not yep. drafting them at fucking 10. <laughs> it's okay, guys. It's okay. They're going to get someone like Michael Pittman in the second or third and be just fine. Yeah, perfect. If they could get <laughs> T. Higgins in the second. Quit complaining. Get right. your two, replace, <laughs> replace your two guys from defense. You just are shipping off or cutting. Get your D tackle, get your corner, get a linebacker, and jerk <laughs> off to sleep. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, past the the top three linebackers, um, Randy and I agree that Zach Bond belongs in this number four spot. However, um, as a linebacker, it, it, number four is a linebacker. If you classify him as a linebacker, he probably is going to play more edge, but his versatility makes that a little unclear. Um, it depends on where he goes, but the thing is. For Zach Bond, it doesn't really matter where he goes. He's going to be able to get on the field, and he's going to be able to produce. Um, <clears throat> oh, my God. What was that? <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, Zach Bond is really good. Um, I think that his versatility, like I said, is going to push him into the back end of that first round, and that's intriguing to me. Um, I-, I can agree with that, yeah. I think he's a fantastic edge rusher that has better cover skills than any of the edges we talked about. And that's kind of why we put him in the linebacker class, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's fantastic, honestly. And we've been talking before and me and, and I, without thinking basically compared him to every Patriot edge linebacker ever. And, yep. <laughs> and that's a solid fit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. And, and that could very well happen. Um, my number five and your number five are a little different. Uh, I, I have Troy die here at number five. I know that is very, very high for Troy die. Uh, that rhymed. Um, (laughs) but what I like about Troy die, he doesn't have the most downhill style of play. I will acknowledge that, but I think he is really good in coverage and 
in today's NFL, your linebackers need to be able to cover, in my opinion. Um, I don't necessarily think that Troy Dye is, is the best um, inside linebacker, best middle linebacker prospect in this class. But I also think that he can play a little bit of will. Um, and, and I think he's going to be good in coverage. I actually think he's very similar to Joe Schobert, uh, who we've watched for quite a few years. Not that Joe Schobert was, was great in coverage. He has his flaws there. I think Troy Dye is pretty similar, and I don't think any of these other linebackers are quite to his level of coverage ability. I won't disagree. <laughs> um, this was hard for me, honestly. I do like Troy Dye. I do view him as maybe a late second rounder. It's kind of hard for me to even put him there. Whereas the guy I put at five in Malik Harrison, I think is a clear second round talent. And that's why he's here. Um, I will completely agree. His hip hinge, that open step, the pass coverage is not up to Troy Dye's level. But my God, is he a fantastic tackler? Great football IQ. Good versatility, I'll say. I'm not going to say fantastic, but his block shedding is top tier and yeah. he is might be the best blitzer in this class from the middle linebacker position. And I, I think that versatility in itself is crazy valuable in a second round talent. And that's why he's clearly my fifth here. And if we had Zach Bond in a different category, I think he'd be my fourth without even a question. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all fair statements. I really do like Malik Harrison. Um, Want to give a shout out to Jordan Brooks. He just missed both of our lists. Yeah, uh, he he's a good prospect. He's a very athletic guy too. Um, but just outside, uh, let's move on to corner. Um, our top four once again are <laughs> the same. This um, could be different. I yeah, run through them, and I have something to say. Yeah, so one through four: Jeff Akuda, Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson, Jeff Gladney. Uh, I don't think we need to talk too much about Akuda. He's one of the best corner prospects. He's the second best player in the draft. <laughs> Third. To me, to, he's the second to me. I said, God damn, dude. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, dude. You got to get on the train. Um, I won't. I know. Uh, we don't need to talk about him too much, though. Uh, the thing I'd like to talk about here for a second is Christian Fulton versus CJ Henderson. Um I think people are overthinking Fulton the way they overthink Jerry Judy. And I know he played a lot of 2019 with an injury. I don't really care. Uh, Christian Fulton is intriguing to me because if you watch most of his games, he's not always lining up against the top receivers, but they'll drop him back as a, a free safety and let him kind of go to work there. I think he is a little more versatile than CJ Henderson, which is, Interesting to say, I don't think he's the athlete that CJ Henderson is, but uh, Christian Fulton is pretty bar none my second corner. And this is what I wanted to talk about. The reason he is my second over Henderson is just based on pure football IQ and instincts, yep. which CJ Henderson obviously can grow in that aspect, but he's not up to Fulton's level, even close. And no. Fulton, some of the biggest games people critiqued him, He's facing some of the best receivers in college football we've seen in years, decades. I mean, let's be real here. Honestly, yeah. And, and so it's, 
Oh God. And I, and I really do love CJ Henderson. He's going to be a first round talent. I understand going top 15 even, but for me, it's twenties. It's understandable why you put them higher, but Christian Fulton does everything. Yep. Well, and, and, and one thing I want to point out is I went back and I watched both sides of this, their game against each other actually. And CJ Henderson, I granted he was going against Jamar Chase. He was going against Justin Jefferson. He got pretty exposed. Um, the the passes thrown to him. Sure, he made some nice plays on the ball. He was able to stick with Jamar Chase pretty well, but he made some boneheaded plays where he just lost track of. I, I don't actually remember which receiver. I think it was Chase that caught the touchdown. He just lost track of him. Tried to pass him off to the safety, and it the safety help wasn't there, and he pretty much got exposed for his, his lack of IQ there. Um, and again, I think CJ Henderson's a really good prospect. I think his athleticism is basically second to none. I think he's a better athlete than Jeff Okuda, um, but obviously miles and miles away in terms of technique and IQ. Um, number four, Jeff Gladney. We both really like this guy. He's a bigger guy. He's one of the faster guys in this class. He didn't run a great 40 at the combine. Neither of us care. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Gladney is going to be able to stick to guys. And that's something that you can't say about every corner coming out this year. I think Jeff Gladney in man coverage is, is up there with the best of them. And I don't think he's ever moved out of this four spot unless I moved him above CJ Henderson for a day or two. Um, I think same for me. I really do love Jeff Gladney. Um, I think he's a really good man corner as well, which is something that most of these guys can't really do except Okuda. Uh, but I, I just think he does kind of everything solid as well. He's pretty decent in zone. And I think he off the bat should be your number one corner necessarily, but I think he has the traits to get there and that's why he's right here in the conversation to be a late first rounder uh clearly easily the top of the second though yeah yeah for sure um and then our number fives are actually different but barely I, yeah but barely. i've i've talked about well not barely on my end well, for, so yeah. to you but yeah. uh my number five is noah igbenogany i've been talking about this guy for a long time and he's finally making it into the mock drafts of some of these big guys that i'm sure you're reading their mocks over ours that's fine. I was on to Igbenogany before guys at Bleacher Report, guys at NFL.com. I just never understood why he wasn't getting first-round hype, and now he is. And I'm glad for him. I hope he gets a nice little payday. He's the most physical corner in this class, and I don't think there's any question about it. Um, he's a little undersized compared to the rest of these guys, but also he makes up for that by just jamming them at the line. Um, he does have his flaws. I don't think he's very good in, in zone coverage. But I think I'd rather have a cover corner that can I can just toss on an island than someone who's really good at zone, you know? That's personally. Like uh, it, it doesn't even matter what, the scheme. What a lead into my fifth. Um, <laughs> possibly the best zone corner in the class, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I do think Okuda is still better. And I would say Fulton can at least rival his own coverage ability. But Trayvon Diggs is 
your perfect zone cornerback that does have great man skill, fantastic speed, decent size, at least lengthwise. I do think he's a little undersized in his build, which is why he's not a tremendous press corner. Um, and it's also why he has a lack for tacking, attacking, tackling. <laughs> it, he is not a great tackler at all. He's kind of the drag down type tackler or uh, hold you up for the next guy type tackler. And that's kind of where he drops for a lot of people. Um, I'm not going to hold that too much against him uh, because I don't view him as a corner one coming out. So while well, he's probably going to have to get involved when we're getting into the screen game in this, but again, you hold him up for half a second and there's a linebacker coming to Fontes perfect him. And oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no, oh no. Uh, but I, I just really love his overall talent in the coverage game. And that zone ability is crazy. If you're playing Madden, he is the zone Hawk. He, he <laughs> has that X factor already. Yeah. It's crazy. He is incredible in that aspect. Again, he kind of has some transitional quickness problems to me and his switching of hips, but his feet are great. Uh, but tackling, tackling is the biggest thing. It's same thing with Grant Delpit. We'll talk about later. Tackling this is one knock. Yeah. Um, so I think Trayvon Diggs is actually going to transition to safety, uh, which is why I have him a little lower as a corner. Um, I but I think I would have him less as a cor- as a safety because of the so? tackling. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I I want to say one of the corners last year transitioned to safety uh, that I was really high on. Uh, I can't remember. I'll have to oh, look it a, up after. What a point in the episode to have to think about it, bud. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think. I think he would do fine in that in that aspect. Let's move on to safety, though. Um, the actual safeties. <laughs> you, I mean, if you want to pick apart Trayvon Diggs more than I did, you can because I know you have him like third round. I do. I I don't think that he's. I think again. I mean, in today's say- NFL, I don't think that he's going to be a good corner. I think he's a guy that, if drafted high, will bust. I just. There's a lot of things that are wrong with Trayvon Diggs. I don't want to tear him apart too much and also put myself on the line of what the hell were you looking at when he's awesome uh, <laughs> next year. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about that. Let's move on to safety. We have the same five guys on our list. They're just ordered a little bit differently. And mine actually changed, Randy. I, I didn't even update the doc here. Um, I'll read through my five. You can read through your five. My number one is Antoine Winfield Jr. My number two is Xavier McKinney. My number three is Kyle Duggar. My number four is Ashton Davis. And my number five is Grant Delpit. Uh, Read yours first, and then we'll talk about it. (laughs) My first is a clear tier of Xavier McKinney. Uh, And then Antoine Winfield Jr., who I do love, uh, that Honey Badger vibe. Uh, injury history, though. Uh, Grant Delpit, I'm going to keep it three just for pure traits and just overall skill. I understand he has flaws in the game, but again, he's got to be here. I really do love Kyle Duggar. I think he's also a second-round talent. He's at my fourth. And Ashton Davis, I have at fifth. Uh, I think he could sneak into the second, but I really think he's a third-round talent. That's it. This is more round grades than anything for me. Yeah. 
That's that's fair. So obviously the biggest discrepancy uh, is Grant Delpit, but let's hold off on that. I want to tell you why I have Antoine Winfield Jr. above McKinney, and let me tell you, it's very, very close. Um, Antoine Winfield is a small guy, but so is his dad, and his dad's one hell of a football player. Um, I think Antoine Winfield has the most range out of any safety I've ever really watched. Um, scouted coming out at the very least. If you flip on Minnesota film and you just watch watch Winfield Jr., even if you're not watching all 22, he makes it into every cut of the play, whether it's a run play, whether it's a pass play, he's there. He is all over the field. I think that's going to transition well. With Xavier McKinney, though, they're like one point off in our system, in our ranking system. Like it, it's not far, and and that's with me knocking Winfield for his injury history too. That's crazy. Um, I was kind of shocked when it happened. Obviously, I do love Antoine Winfield Jr. I think he is very honey badgery, but um, McKinney's great too. T- tell me why McKinney's your number one and a tier above everyone, as you said. <laughs> Well, I and see, and that's kind of hard for me to say as well, because obviously uh, I have Winfield as a hopeful Browns candidate in the second. Um, but it Xavier McKinney just does everything incredible. That's kind of where I go. Um, no injury history, uh, willing tackler as well. The I mean, literally the only knock I'd say is he doesn't have elite free safety range. Uh, like I'll say that for McKinney, but everything else is incredible. Plays with the instinctiveness, plays with attitude when it comes to tackling. I think he has pretty good ball skills as well, and yeah. I, I it's just competitive toughness. I think he's flexible uh, in his movement as well as where he plays in the in the field of play. And I just think he's a candidate to be a mid round first round pick. Where I could not say Winfield is, I could say late late first round but i just i mean if we're talking that i i just could never put winfield above him and that's kind of the thing i know we have good news about all his medicals through the combine at least um but it's still kind of a nervous worry for me and if it's worry for me it's going to be worry for teams yeah which is why i just don't think there's a chance he's a first rounder and that's why he's just got to be below to me yeah. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say one's going to be better in their career. I think they're going to be standout safeties for the rest of the time. Yeah, I, I really do like both of those guys. And then there's the drop for me. Um, but let's <laughs> just talk about Grant Delpit. Um, okay. And try to get out of here. Um, Ashton Davis, I like him because he's extremely fast and he's still kind of learning how to play football. He was a track guy. He's awesome. Uh, he has terrible range. Right now, like I, I said, he's he's still learning how to play football at a high level, in my opinion. So I I like what he brings potentially. Um, Kyle Duggar, I have above Ashton Davis because Kyle Duggar is like a knockoff Isaiah Simmons, and with my love for Isaiah Simmons, uh, I I can't have Duggar any lower than he is. <laughs> I think that's just the the barometer I set. Um, but let's talk about Grant Delpit. Um, here, let me start. You can start. Let me start here. So let's let's go down the trait list here. 
coverage. We're talking Phenomenal. spacing, casing, sp casing, spacing, speed, instinctual, top of the class, maybe. I mean, let's be real. He is top uh, of the class. I will give him that. Acceleration, probably one of the faster in the open field with pads on. I All mean, right. zone Can coverage, I? zone coverage, ball hawk. Yeah. Not even a question. Fair. Playing the ball. He's good at Maybe all these. Maybe best in the class. No, no, no. Let me go through. That <laughs> ball skill is incredible. Competitive toughness. Effort. 2018. Maybe best in film. 2019. Didn't see as much effort. It's bad. His feet. He's changed the direction. Top of the class. We're, we're, we're talking purebred. Honestly. Change of direction, you're going to argue that. So I would, I would alter that because I think he sucks at getting his angles right. Um, so while he might be quick to change direction, I don't think he's changing to the correct direction. <laughs> and I disagree, but it's fine. I, I think his angles suck. Continue if you'd like. Okay. Uh, I would say... I'm not going to say best, but I would say top of the class man coverage skills. Easy. Yep. And and you're going to stick him on a tight end at worst, and I think he shuts him down, to be honest. I think in the Jamal Adams aspect of that. Um, I also am going to say that his versatility, if we're talking blitz packages, is top of the class as well. We're going to go to the tackling, and that is the worst of the class. That yeah. is the highest problem with Grant Delpit, and that comes with the effort that I talked about earlier. The 2018 tape, tremendous. Still had some tackling issues, though, but the effort was there on every play. It's not there in 2019. I don't know if he's just saving himself. I don't know if he just saw two top-tier corners in Stingley and Fulton on the side and said, fuck it, no one's getting to me. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. There's what what tight end the SEC is we're talking about in draft classes. I, yeah. I mean, I mean you're, no, you're he, right. he's blitzing anytime he has to, and he is murdering that quarterback. He's getting through almost every time. Yeah. It's, he but that's a quarterback. Goes down easy. That's the problem. He is not a great tackler. And that is my only problem with him. And based on all the things I listed before this is why he's at third for me. Yeah. So I, like I, I said, I disagreed with change of direction because I think, I think he was kind of exposed, especially towards the end of the season in the college football playoff. I think there were times that he took some terrible, terrible angles that cost the team big plays. And even if he took the right angle, he wouldn't have tackled the guy in the first place. Oh, so, I, I apologize for the guy that was trying to help cover the four first-round fucking talent wide receivers from Alabama. Or, you know, the two first-round talent wide receivers from Clemson. Get off my ass here, dude. <laughs> no, T. Higgins isn't a first-rounder. So, but okay. anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll agree and also semi-disagree on that. My point <laughs> is, his feet, honestly is up there with Okuda almost, honestly. He's got such quick, precise steps that helps him with that change of direction. That's where I'm coming from. His also, hips swivel perfectly yeah. to me. Uh, I 
you could have a bad fucking read. I'll give you that. Yeah. Guess what? Ed Reed had bad reads. The problem was, is he was so amazing and quick enough. He could get to the other side of the field still. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and then still pick it off or tackle the guy. I, I know one of those things Grant Delpit could do. I don't know about the other. <laughs> that That's another thing with Grant Delpit, though. You mentioned Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, to me, is way more versatile because he's able to help in with run support. I don't think Grant Delpit does that very well. Uh, I mean, like I said, I can, I'm not going to argue the tackling here, but I, I can argue the physicality. I can argue the motor. I can argue the toughness. And I can argue the blitz. That's what I can give you. Uh, worst case, he takes up a blocker. I, I mean, that's kind of what I'm going to argue with that. But I'm not going to say he's going to come down and lay the wood like Jamal Adams. Yeah. All right. Um, that's probably good enough on a Grant Delpit before we just dive down an even further uh, hole here. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you talk all about Kyle Duggar then. Yeah. Well, I, I said my piece. I, th- I think that he's a knockoff Isaiah Simmons. I think he's huge. I think he's a freaking linebacker playing safety. Uh, because he can, because he played Division Two. <laughs> um, so I, th- I well, don't know what his position really is going to be, but I don't really um, care. All right. So with me, that that kind of means his position is never off the field. Exactly. Uh, because there's plenty of different defensive schemes. I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole list here, but there's plenty of times where there's a sub linebacker needed, and I think he's perfect in that role. Um, and I, I do think he's got great coverage skills. I, I obviously he's a tremendous tackler to me and plays with some viciousness. And I like that. Uh, I think he's kind of a man amongst boys though. And that's going to be, that's why the tape is hard on him. Um, it's hard to not fall in love. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you, what do you like about Ashton Davis? You already told me that (laughs) his range sucks. Um, His range does suck. Um, does. I will. I love his physicality and toughness. That's going to be my best trade for him. Um, I do think he's a little bit versatile, at least uh, in his coverage aspects. Um, hey, see, that's the thing. Like range is range is different for like corners. So yeah. range for safeties means he's he could cover the whole. F- effing field if he needs to i don't know i'm censoring myself now um (laughs) yeah we're too far (laughs) we're we're too deep uh but he he's gonna be great in every package i think um i do enjoy what he's shown in kind of that man-to-man aspect i don't really see him as a blitzer in any aspect Uh, i do think he's semi-quick with his feet but nowhere near the other guys in this class um i mean for me it's literally just it's literally the toughness for me that, that just really has me falling in love to an extent. But see, that's the thing. I just, I'm not going to say he's a second round talent. I'll say he's day two uh, because I think that's a guaranteed lock. I just think there's, there's no way he gets picked above Delpit and Duggar. That's kind of my thing for me. And it, I, I just don't like his zone coverage. He is an impressive tackler, but it depends what you're measuring him against. I like if you're, you're putting him against Delpit, he's clearly he looks like he's top of the class. But if you're putting him against any of these other guys, like Winfield, I don't think he's even close. Yeah. So it's kind of that's kind of the problem. 
Um, I think he's needs to be a single high safety more than anything, but I do think he's got some versatility to his game. But that's it kind of it pigeonholes him in my mind to where he can go. That's that's mainly my only concern with him. Yeah. I I really do like Davis. Um in my last mock that I did extended rounds, I think I had all four of the guys that I have ahead of Delpit being drafted in front of Delpit. I will say I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think someone's going to draft Delpit based on traits and 2018 tape um, alone, and that's going to get him drafted a little bit higher. But I do think that Grand Delpit is a second-round pick nowadays, uh, which is I interesting. He went from top five in his class or top five overall in his class, probably to maybe out of the first. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. <laughs> Sucks to now, suck it, man. It, because it, see, like now that Winfield, we have some good medicals. I, I'm not gonna put him above Winfield. Mm-hmm. I think he's got better just overall traits, but I just love Winfield's tape. Yeah, uh, Winfield reminds me of Earl Thomas. That's the one one combo. He, he reminds you of every amazing safety of this decade. That's and small. That's kind of that's crazy. Yeah, that's small. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Small guys. But just, oh, he's all over the field. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. All right. That'll do it. Uh, we went a little long tonight, but most of our episodes have been lately. So that's because we always drink. Yes, exactly. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us throughout the entire thing. Make sure you follow us again at the Cut FFL. Uh, another shout out to our sponsors, The Athletic and Anchor. Um, and as always, stay safe out there. Um, wash your hands, try not to catch COVID-19. Um, I know that might be harder said than done here in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, I'm going to do my best not to get it and spread it and make sure if you do get it, you stay at home and you don't go out to bars or something crazy. I've seen a lot of, uh, bars are staying open. Don't do that. Yeah. Mainly our old stopping grounds. Uh, I'm not going to mention any, uh, club names, but. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm nervous for friends we have as bouncers there as well. I I don't enjoy that that's open. Yes, I agree with you there. Uh, again, not going to say names for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, make sure you guys subscribe if you like this episode. Um, Randy, anything else to add? Uh, no, I'm, uh, except I'm incredibly excited for this week of free agency. Yeah. I, I want to see some heavy stuff i don't want to see tom brady elsewhere but i also want to see it happen on monday you know what i mean like (laughs) it's weird because i'm just way too excited and i also want to point out that i have been working on me publishing my own mock draft i have decided to wait until after free agency because a lot of things i put are very dependent on that Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna wait until maybe next weekend so just hopefully a heads up on that cool yeah we're excited to to get your first mock <laughs> yeah you want to uh, well that's not true i i have mocks i just haven't published through our account exactly i know um and i'll be i'll probably be doing the same but i'm off work monday so i might just write a mock just for fun um <laughs> all right guys for randy hall i'm christian williams we'll talk to you next week peace